Welcome in to the NFL Draft Coliseum, where gems come to rise and busts come to fall. My name is Cole Walker. This is the Gems and Bust Podcast. With me, as always, my co-host, Luke Rapertz. Ayo. And my other co-host, the second time in a row. What's up? Still here. Cade Walker. Wait, not well, second time not in a row. Not second time in a row if you, <laughs> you got your wisdom the teeth. solo podcast. You got your, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got your wisdom teeth removed. That was before. Oh, okay. Is this Never not mind. my second time in a row? No, because he did a solo pod. He did Which the... um bang and Oh, it was really good. I listened to it on the... On the um, on your plane ride back to Boston. On my plane ride, I downloaded it. I really liked the uh, Broncos going corner. It's not something I think about, and, and we'll get to why actually later, but mm-hmm. it's because one of the classes I'm really high on, like in this whole draft class, is the linebacker. And so I see that being like really good value at the Broncos pick, but I really like the thought process around corner and, and where we could go there. Great, great stuff. I could feel you like... Starting to wane out toward the oh, end. It was exhausting doing a solo. I, I underestimated, one, how long it was going to be. I thought it would be 30 minutes tops. I was just <laughs> talking like through. an hour? Yeah, solo pod was just talking through draft team needs for about 15 teams that I picked out. Most of them going through all the blind swirls teams. And then a couple different ones. that I Yeah, know. you hit Steelers. You hit like some friends and stuff yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but... One, I underestimated how long it would be, an uh, hour-long solo pod. I also underestimated how difficult it is on solo pods to try to pause when I need to cough or <laughs> yeah. get a drink of water, how dry my throat was getting up throughout the whole thing. It's bad. Yeah, there's no one to fill um, fill a quick second while I take a Imagine breather. if I did a solo pod. It'd be bad. I'd be like, all right, um, I'm going to get some water. <laughs> Skip ahead. <laughs> you get up. I'm glad you got a water bottle today. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big bottle. It's already halfway empty, though. <laughs> or halfway full. I've got some uh, tummy yummies. <laughs> you got some tummy yummies. Hey, brought- speaking of, if you listen to this, slide up and say if you've uh, ever seen tummy yummies. Because I think everyone's had them. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen tummy yummies. <laughs> That's Luke and I have never seen them. Maybe There's it's a no younger way. demographic. Okay, well, I mean, look, you're six look, years younger. Look up tummy yummies, everyone. I mean, people know what it is. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I don't think the people are with you on this one. No, people know it. Just Wait, light up. This flavor, I didn't even, the font was too hard to read that I didn't read the flavor. This one's called Epic Apple Flip. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. I'm back I'm in. I'm back it's in. Epic. Naturally flavored water drink with other natural flavors. I don't think you had to do that twice. Con- <laughs> contains 0% juice. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. anyway. Um, all right. Portal fluid is what it is. Hey, thanks for joining us on the best week. Of of the year, second best week. Such a bold. It's statement. up there. It, it's. I was telling the guys earlier. It's probably in my top three weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, the NFL draft week. There's just so much buzz, and I don't even like. What's crazy is I've gotten so engrossed in the draft and the draft process. The Broncos don't even have a pick yeah, <laughs> <laughs> until pick sixty four. I remember there was like we were in the the group chat, and Jerry Jerry or someone was. Asking if I would like slow down, not that the Broncos didn't have a first round pick, and then I sent like my seven round mock <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I was like, I'm not slowing down. It's so funny because I've not not as much as you. Like you've you've made your life a bit obsessive about this. I've yeah, put a, a lot bit. of effort into researching the draft, and it's so funny that a lot of what I'm researching is team fit, like where guys will go, mm-hmm. and you know, making my mock drafts, and it's so funny that it just leads up to this you know three day event that. All the questions are answered there, and then it's like, I don't know. It feels like such pointless research trying yeah. to figure out where guys are going to go, but it's, I don't know, it's entertaining. I enjoy it. Still. It's a lot of fun, yeah. And then 
And then there's the there's delayed gratification where people you researched a lot and were high on do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my first year doing like grades or anything, uh, but I got really into it last year and even the year before. I feel like it's been a slow roll into now what is just obsessive. Um, but, sorry, Mel. Yeah, yeah sorry, Mel. Um, <laughs> she goes, you have another podcast? <laughs> is, that, is that why she left you? Yeah, that's why she's in Texas and she's yeah. never coming back. Um, no, but what, what else was I going to say? No, so the Broncos are picked till pick 64 and I'm still like, it, it's made me, because of how far away the Broncos pick is, it's made me go deep in the class because I want to know mm-hmm. like who's going to be there, who's are, you know some value guys and... Um, I don't know. It's exciting. But all that being said, let's get into it. So uh, start with the agenda. We're going to start with some news. Not a lot of news, more like just speculation. Um, and then we'll do a draft class summary, maybe some final thoughts on the class, some things to remember as we're going into uh, draft season. And then my guys, we're going to put our stamp of approval on two offensive guys and two defensive guys that we think will do well. Um, it's nice too, because as I'm looking through the players we've picked, I feel like we have a really good mix of really far down the board. Um, and then like late first, early second guys. And then as well as like top first round guys. Um, and then the last thing we'll do, which I think, I mean, Andrew Moore, if you're listening, you'll love this segment, betting props. What do we bet the kids college fund on? Or what do you, uh, what do you put the mortgage on? Um, Cade's going to be hitting up some props. He's going to be putting everything he's got on it. All $100 of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we'll get started. News. Debo. Ayo. He wants a trade. He wants out. Yeah, and it's just so crazy that apparently the 49ers are willing to pay him like what he wants. And by all reports, it's like it's not about the money for him. Mm-hmm. It's about the usage. And it could be other things going into it. Like maybe he has some problems with the coaching staff. Maybe, you know, some with even Trey Lance or something. I don't know. Do you think Trey Lance but, sucks? I mean, there's a chance he that sucks. That was one of the first thing I thought is like, is Debo seeing something in practice where he's like, the only way they're going to get me the ball is by handing it off because Trey Lance can't throw a football? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say with Trey Lance, he would definitely take – uh, like a uh, fantasy hit, you know, in in the sense that one, you'd probably have him less involved in a lot of these designed run plays for Debo. Some of that happened because of running back injuries, but also Trey Lance will be involved in the running game, so maybe he sy- siphons off some of that. Running quarterbacks don't typically check down or hit the underneath as much because they are willing to take off running, and that was an area that Debo th- thrived in was mm-hmm. – getting it underneath, and then making a huge play out of it. Um, so I don't think that's it. I do genuinely think that where the reports are coming from about he wants to be pure wide receiver. He doesn't want to get this um, running back wide receiver hybrid, which it's a little weird in the sense that he is so phenomenal at that. Mm-hmm. And that is the kind of u- utility that made him amazing last year and is what's going to get him a bag but yep. also, I understand it. I'm maybe from a longevity standpoint of yeah. he's getting beat up. He's not wide. Wide receivers have such a longer lifespan than running backs, and mm-hmm. maybe that's a part of it. I don't know exactly what the issues is, but the important thing is, it's not a money issue. It is a Forty ers issue. I, I also heard. Um, did y'all hear about the letters he was getting? 
Mm-mm. Yeah, I, after yeah. after he after wanted he to trade. Win. Yeah, after he wanted to trade. 40, 49ers fans are pissed. Yeah, they were sending him threats and, like, sending him racist letters and stuff. Like, terrible. Which so. is just, I mean, fuel to get out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's yeah. not coming he's back. He's coming back now. I wonder if he'll um, sit out if they don't trade him. Lady on Bell action. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think if there's anything else. I don't have a lot else with Debo. Well, potential well, landing fan- spots needs to be talked right. through. Because, one... Yeah, potential fantasy and potential just NFL that has huge impact, but also talking about the draft, there are, like, my favorite position group we're going to talk about a little bit. I love the wide receivers in this. There are a lot of wide receiver landing spots out there, Mm -hmm. and Debo could be taking one of those. The 49ers don't have a first-round pick. Maybe they're getting one back uh, in a Debo trade. So if it's going to be a part of the draft process, it's got about a week to play out. If the 49ers want to play hardball, it might extend beyond that. But I think Jets, landing spots. Jets is one for me. Um, the only thing there, I mean, there's obviously the the coach connection, but I wonder if that means they'd also use them in a similar role. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't think so. I think Jets makes the most sense because they've been so vocal about wanting that number one wide receiver. Um, and as I have under it, Kadarius Tony is a possible trade for the 49ers. I saw a funny tweet, the or sorry, for the Giants. I saw a funny tweet that said, you know, Kadarius Tony could really play a Debo role out in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe just swap players there. But, yeah, I like I like those two. Um, there's a lot of teams that could take him. I don't know about a lot of teams that could pay him. Because I know it's not about the money, but he will theoretically also get some sort of bag when he's traded. Mm-hmm. I think that has yeah. been this. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. So like the Chiefs probably can't get him cuz he's probably going to be too expensive for that, but Yeah, since, that's the four teams that I saw initially linked were the Jets, Lions, Packers, and Chiefs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are apparently other interests out there, uh, but those are kind of the f- first four named and like you said, Chiefs is the one of those I have the hardest time seeing purely from the fact that wherever Debo's traded, you're going to give up a lot in capital to get him. And so you're going to want to reward that investment. You're going to give them a big contract. And the Chiefs just traded Tyreek because couldn't they pay him. couldn't pay him or didn't want to give him that big deal. Uh, so I don't see them as as likely as some of these other teams, Packers. The hard thing to see about that is, is the, are the 49ers going to give up Debo to the Packers and risk facing him in the playoffs or something? They've met up a Probably couple times. Not. I mean, the 49ers do kind of own the Packers, so they I may saw not the be Colts worried, as one. Uh, there's just not I a lot of the there's just not a lot of draft capital. You'd have to leverage some future stuff for that. Um, yep. uh, but apparently, I was reading that they could make it work contract wise. Like somehow they can move Matt Ryan's money in a way that they could bring Debo in. Matt Ryan's contract has been restructured an ungodly amount of times. Yeah, if if they have to restructure it again or something, <laughs> it's just the dead cap hit that's going to happen is going to be un- like it's already crazy but it's uh yeah could get, could get even crazier um okay i think that's good on the debo front Kadarius tony we don't have to talk about for near as long not as good of a wide receiver so there's not like the but you were First saying there's there's work ethic stuff yeah that's apparently one of the reasons that apparently um they're looking to trade him there's work ethic concerns. We some off the field. Um, he's he's not at the OTAs right now, so it's been since the new regime took over. It's been immediate kind of like Kadarius Tony trade floaters out there. Now it's become a little more solidified. Giants 
new regime coming in were obviously kind of resetting everything, getting their own guys in there. It was Dave Gettleman that picked Kadarius Tony last year, so maybe they don't like the fit or something. I don't know all that goes into it, but if he's on the move, then he's a solid asset. First round pick last year, but I don't think he'd net that again in a trade. Maybe second, like he could even be like a third or fourth round yeah. pick or something. Uh, he's a good player. Yeah, wow. He looked good while he was on the field last year. Yeah, I think you get him somewhere. You get him healthy. See if he actually wants to play. And I mean, I, I would take him. He's he, he was he lit a spark for them in areas where you're like, oh, are the Giants like? Can they like win games? <laughs> you know, when he was like playing really well. Um, the last thing I just put on the news, James Bradbury. Remember when there was like all this like he's going to be traded, he's going to be traded. He's I don't think he's going to be traded. I think he's going to be traded. Really? Yeah, I think yeah, I think he is. They're it's just not really necessarily cool to down. rush into uh, a lot of a lot of times. We see every year there's going to be some in draft trade that involves a player. He's been someone that's been kind of labeled as that by a lot of guys. It could be a case where board plays out. In the first round, some of these cornerback needy teams have been saying the Bills are one. Right now, our depth chart, we need a corner bad. I want us to trade for Bradbury. And it could be as the board plays out, guys we like at corner aren't going to be there at 25. Maybe then we make a move. Uh, a couple other teams could be in a similar boat there waiting to see how things play out in the draft. So Yeah, I originally did a mock <laughs> that you were really upset with because I had all five corners like the big five going before your pick. Yeah, that's why. And Elam, all five. Booth, and McDuffie, wide receivers. And wide receivers. Um, and Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis were both gone. Yeah. I had tackles falling and edge falling. That's mm-hmm. how that happened. That's <laughs> of the top. Yeah. Of the top 11 players. Yeah, the top 10 players that I'd want all gone. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with Brees Hall. He's someone that's been. Uh, talked about a lot for the Bills, and I think that's what ended up happening in that. But yeah, it did. And that's man, scenario, I really you'd want. be like, just just trade for James Bradbury, <laughs> <laughs> please. All those guys gone. Um, okay, that's great for the news segment. Anything I missed? I feel like there. It's a crazy off season that has really cooled down uh, the last few weeks. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I think a Debo deal is going to get done. Like yeah. some people, some people said, "Oh, smoke, it's going to get worked out or something." I believe in this offseason, undefeated so far, yeah. it'll keep the hot streak going. People have been willing to to dish out so far. I don't know why it would stop. Okay. Um, so up next, we're going to do the draft class summary. Um, we probably won't do, like, all the questions in a row. We'll probably do, like, favorite position and then hop to all three mm-hmm. of us. We'll talk through that. But the draft class summary, just our final thoughts on it. I know Ty was getting on to me because of my... Twitter thread of my top five. I just put good class on everything. I actually don't think it's an amazing class, like all the way through, uh, but I didn't want to highlight maybe some positions that I think are really talented versus some that aren't. And we'll go through each person um, who everyone thinks the best classes or the best positions are in this class. So I'll start. I have uh, my favorite position in the 2022 draft class is the linebackers. Um, I don't think it's as top-heavy as last year, obviously. I mean, Micah Parsons, it's hard to be. Which, I think we would change Micah Parsons to an edge, hindsight 2020. He probably wouldn't be just solely right. linebacker, right? Because of um, kind of where he ended up playing. But in my opinion, there's at least 12 starters um, in the linebacker role. Or at least like 12 that, potential starters. Is that including edges? 
That is not including edges. Okay. That is only including off-ball linebackers. So I, I, th- I think it's going to stretch, and the, all these guys will get drafted within three rounds. But I also think you might see the Devin Lloyds, the Nicobe Deans of the world getting uh, falling down draft boards because of the value and the depth that's in this class later. So I'm particularly high on, on a few of these guys, but I'll just name out the um, – what do I have here? Is this 12? No, this is 12. The 12 guys that I think could be starters um, immediately in the NFL. So Devin Lloyd, Utah, Nicobe Dean, Georgia, Brian Asamoa, Oklahoma. This is also in order for how I have them ranked. Christian Harris, Alabama, Chad Muma, Wyoming, Leo Chanel, Wisconsin, uh, Brandon Smith, Penn State, Troy Anderson, Montana State, Quay Walker, Georgia, uh, Damon Clark, LSU, and Channing Tindall, Georgia. It's crazy. There's three Georgia linebackers, three Georgia off-ball linebackers in this draft. Um, a few names I just want to highlight in that group. Brian Asimo, we'll, we'll talk about later. Um Troy Anderson, Montana State. I've like listened to a lot of interviews with him at this point now. He started his career being recruited to Montana State to play linebacker. When he got there, the running back was in um, not ed- what is education trouble. What he's not ISS. <laughs> no, he wasn't in <laughs> probation. <laughs> he like wasn't getting good enough grades, mm. and he couldn't play. Academic. Um, Thank you. Academic trouble. I was like education. Trouble. <laughs> so they just asked, they're like, Hey, as a freshman, Troy Anderson, can, can you play running back? And he was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. So he played running back that year. The next year, the same thing happened, but with the quarterback. So he played quarterback and he broke all of their rushing records wow. as like a mobile quarterback. And then 2020 happened and they, they're too small. They don't, they didn't play through that. Uh, so no season there. And then he finally played linebacker his senior year and was smoking kids. And he has, he's probably like in the top three for most athletic linebackers in this class. So you won't take him until like maybe the fourth round or so, just because he's he's still pretty new to the position, right? He only played, he played at a small school and only played linebacker at that small school for one year. But he he's going to be, I think he's going to be so fun. That sounds like a guy, especially in a you know, fourth round type of guy, later rounds, small school, where if you draft him, you feel good about him at least making the 53-man roster for special teams, like yes. a freak athlete and a guy that can get after it. So, like, And when you get into the fourth, fifth, sixth round, maybe fourth less as much, but you just want guys that you know can contribute in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would make sense with him. For the linebacker class, for me, I, I love the two guys at the top. I'm in love with Devin Lloyd. Nicobe Dean, I've cooled slightly on, but not really. I mean, I think two those two are super, you know, really good t- first-round talents. And then I do have a, a good amount of second-round grades. I really like Chad Buma uh, from Wyoming. He gives me kind of the Logan Wilson vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very aggressive downhill uh, type of linebacker. So, yeah, I like I like the linebacker overall. Yeah, my, my last few things because I could talk about these guys for a long time. Um, the last thing on Troy Anderson, his forty yard dash is in the ninety eighth percentile of all linebackers. He ran a four four two, which is just so fast. Wow. Um, so Troy Anderson and then Quay Walker, I believe, would be a first round pick this year. Um, he during the combine they. I want to make sure I get the name of his injury right. 
Um, he had a neck thing where he came to the combine and they're like, Hey, your neck's messed up. And he didn't know. And so he's having surgery and he's going to miss the whole, this whole first year. So he's probably not going to go till the third or fourth round, um, or later, but I think he would have been a first round guy. He, he's like the build a linebacker in a lab type mm-hmm. linebacker and, and any, you know, played in the sec. And so he has that to back him as well. But if you get him, I wouldn't be upset that he's not going to play because I think he'll be a, a really good contributor next year. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, I'll go and get into my favorite position, yes. and I can have two wide receiver and cornerback. Uh, highly convenient that I mean, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. I love I love these positions and the bill uh, positions a need for the Bills, uh, but that's part of why I love them for the Bills is because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of value. Easily my for my uh, highest groups of first round grades. I think I have about five corners and five wide five wide receivers definitively first-round grades. I love uh, the top-end talent there, and I also think there are some really quality second-round guys, about five more of those at least, and then even some third-round guys that I think will be uh, either safe contributors for some of them or even just some high-upside guys. So I just think there's so much. There's the combination of top-end talent and depth at the wide receiver position that makes me really like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we talked about the top five guys a lot, but Christian Watson potentially could be a first-rounder, uh, late first, early second, with a lot of upside from a small school. Jahan Dodson could be late first, early second. Sky Moore even late first, early second. Uh, George Pickens, Mechie, Tolbert. I like Tolbert a lot. I think he provides a lot of upside, so he's a more swing for the fences, big body type of guy out of South Alabama. But, yeah, so combination of top-end talent and depth of position while I love wide receiver. Similarly for corner, two potential top-10 guys, three other very likely going to be first-round guys. I love Roger McCreary in the second. We'll talk – I'll get more in-depth on him later. But there's a lot of small school guys that I really like – that are just kind of really long athletes. Like they're bigger guys, uh, rougher talents, but guys that I believe fit the third, fourth round mold that I really like at corner Mm -hmm. of can play both outside or play nickel corner adds a little versatility. So when you're getting a guy, I talked about it for the Broncos on the pot on the solo pod, when you can get a guy with some versatility, maybe they don't work out quite as well as you want on the outside, but if you can get a guy that can step up, uh, cover a t- big enough to cover a tight end, can play even in the run game if they need to, uh, I like that a lot when swinging for that fences on smaller school guys. Dude, like Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen I like a lot. I'll shout out Zion McCollum. Yep. Uh, he, I love him. We're doing our my guys in this later. I had him written down. I ended up changing it because I wanted to go with a little more earlier for like first round guys or second round guys, uh, just for talking points. But Zion McCollum fits exactly the mold I'm talking about. Athletic, super fast, ridiculously fast for his size, uh, and yeah, I think versatility wise is great. His film, he got burnt like twice in like a Montana game, I believe it was. And outside of that, he just stuck guys. Yeah. And he, he, he he's a guy that I'm really, really high on as a third round. Real quick, I'm looking at, so 
If anyone has never seen this website, I highly recommend it. It's called mockdraftable.com, and you can compare people's um, measurables, their height, weight, everything they run to other players, and it'll give you like good comparisons. It tells you mm-hmm. their percentiles, et cetera. I'm just going to show real quick Tariq Woolens, um, his graph for... Filling it out. Yeah, so uh, basically what I just showed, he is in the 90th percentile or above in 90% of the things they test for uh, in comparison to corners. He ran a 4-2-6-40, a 1-4-9-10 yard split. Like he... And he's six four. He's six four. Yeah. Um, so he's he's absurd. Another guy you didn't mention, but I'm um, interested in is Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State. Yep. Um, a D two guy. Basically, you can't watch his film because one, it's like really like not great quality, but also it's like the competition he's going against is so much less. But he like held his own at the Senior Bowl, and so it's an interesting like really big guy that you're surprised he didn't go somewhere else. Um, it's like know. kind of I'm kind of trying to watch like Kyle Duggar film when he yes, was yeah, where you're like, is this guy insane or is he average? I I can't really tell. Um. Yeah, so uh, my favorite positions are wide receiver and edge. So I won't hit on wide receiver too much because Luke did, but like Luke said, pretty top heavy. But also, I mean, there's plenty of talent to go around. You know, all the way through. Uh, like Mechie a lot in the second. Um, Jahan Dotson, you know, and then obviously the first rounders, Burks, Jameson Williams, Drake London, all those guys. Um, I think wide receiver is a great class, but what I think may be better is edge just because of how, I mean, the top three edge players could possibly go top four in the draft, which I, I don't know what the stats are the last time that's happened, but for one position, that's got to be crazy. I mean, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, Kevin Thibodeau, uh, Trevon Walker, you know, they could all go top four easily. Um, and Jermaine Johnson. I could, I could see a world where it goes one, two, three with those yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, who knows what the Texans are Especially do, if, if it goes Trayvon Walker first. Right. Mm-hmm. If it goes Trayvon Walker first, there's a, I feel like then that's the one-two that's easy. Trayvon Walker, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, maybe tackle gets thrown in there. But then, I mean, I think you're happy to have Thibodeau at three as well. But. Yeah. Right. And then you got Jermaine Johnson, David Ajabo. I mean, all those guys could be first-rounders easily, you know. Yeah. Um, Boy, Mafe, even, yeah, George Karloftis. Yeah, even farther down. I mean, I just think this this position is loaded. Um, yeah, actually, two of your guys, Cole, um, have a 92 and 91.5 grade, which you don't have that for many players. No, I do not. Yeah, so that, I just think that's pretty insane how good this class is. It's freaky. Yeah, I think about seven, we could potentially see seven uh, edge rushers in the first round, mm-hmm. which combination of the class being quality and edge is such a high-valued position in the draft that it will generally generally go earlier uh, makes sense but there are a lot of guys I like and partially that's why I personally like the Jags going offensive line to start out going with Aki McQuanu or Evan Neal or some of these early teams like even probably not the Lions because they'd go um, well if Aiden Hutchinson's available but some of these teams that have the you know early first early second you take your top end tackle at the top and then there's still a lot of depth at edge that you can address that uh, in the second round if you want to. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, and we won't spend a ton more time because we do have our guys that do fall into some of these positions, mm-hmm. so we'll save some of that. But we'll go really quick. Least favorite position, um, 
I mean, we don't have to hit on the quarterback class too much. I feel like, you know, that's beating a dead horse a little bit. And there is upside. Like, I think one thing that we've we've talked about over and over is um, it's not an amazing class, but, like, Malik Willis has a ton of upside um, in the quarterback class. And then Ritter, like, really smart decision-making, pretty accurate. Corral has some good zip. And so we don't have to harp on that too much. It's definitely low. Um and then my second least favorite position, or maybe maybe my least favorite position, is tight end. I'm just, I'm, you know, talking about, well, what does a good tight end class even look like? I don't think, Trey McBride's my number one guy, and I think he's my number one by a long shot um, compared to the rest of the guys um, on my list. I know I'm really low on Greg Dolchich. Um, like, I have him, like, sixth or seventh, but... I think it's Trey McBride and then everyone else, and I'm not excited about anyone else besides Trey McBride. Like, I don't think any of, the, any of the other guys are starters. Like, I think they might be, like, role players or come in and maybe earn a spot, like, in a few years. Um, so, yeah, I just think I will say that class. saying, kind of showing some disrespect to a tight end class is generally a safe bet. Yes. Unless they're top-end talent, <laughs> yes. mainly because that above just about any other position is the hardest to immediately come in and make an impact. It's yeah. a slow burn for tight ends a lot of the time. Uh, that's why in fantasy you never see rookie tight ends relevant. Kyle Pitts is very much the exception, and he, even he was uh, inconsistent you last have year. A little bit of Firemuth, probably. Firemuth was okay. decent, but it was like not yeah, particularly not, starting mm-hmm. for like fantasy. Um, they had opposite problems, too, <laughs> like Pitts and... Yeah, like Pat couldn't get a ton of yardage and a ton of catches, but he would get like pretty good touchdowns and pretty good rate in the in the red zone. And then the opposite was Cal Pitts, where he's like he's getting a ton of catches, ton of yards, but not getting in the end zone. Yes, yeah, a statistically improbable uh, amount of touchdowns for Cal Pitts, unless you acknowledge the fact that he was on the Falcons. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm fine with that. I I think I liked some of the tight ends a little bit more than you in mm-hmm. terms of guys that can come in and start or at least make, make an impact. Um, I like I like McBride a lot. Dolchich I like as kind of a split end. He can't block for anything. Yeah. But I think he's good enough in the passing game that you can use him. And then there are guys like Isaiah Likely and Kate Otten that have the versatility to be able to come in and run block but also have some uh, receiving game upside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and hit on my position that I – my least favorite position in the draft is interior defense alignment. I love the top two guys from Georgia. Jordan Davis is a unicorn. Absolutely incredible. I don't care about his potential limits of being a first and second down player. I think one, he can develop as a pass rusher, I believe. Uh, but two, even if he isn't, he's so good at what he does yeah. that it doesn't matter. And Devonte, why I also am really high on, but then after that, it is question marks. There's I've seen so much up in the air around Travis Jones, Leo Hall, Mathis, Winfrey, guys that uh, some people like, some people don't. I don't really care for any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I do top think into those other th- from there. I think it drops off to way too many question marks uh, to invest early draft capital in. So they'll. Probably three of those guys will go around the second round. Mm-hmm. I just, um, I don't know. I think it's just, it's not a deep class beyond that either. No, I think that's fair. I I think Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt are really versatile in what they're able to do, where 
Travis Jones is going to be like a one gapper where he's like going to shoot the gap. Um, I think he's really good at that, but the rest of these are real scheme specific. Like what, what type of defense do you run? And I know people talk about Jordan Davis can't rush the passer. Yeah. But during, even if someone were to like, I don't know, even on passing downs, he's taken up like two blocks at least. So he's freeing up other people to rush the passer as well. Um, it's just a top two that I like, and then after that, no Until one that I, John no Ridgeway. <laughs> I love John Ridgeway, <laughs> but just no one that I can sell myself on yeah. as like, oh, this guy's looking really nice. And I've done a decent amount of looking at IDL because for a good while that looked like it was going to be a position of need for the Bills, depending on who are able to bring back. And so outside of Wyatt and Davis miss me on any of these it's also not particularly a high value position in the draft so you're not gonna have kind of these late risers like oh wow they went with travis jones in the late for like you know maybe that happens but yeah i don't know i don't feel it yeah um Cade. yeah my least favorite is quarterback same as cole's um there's not one player that anyone is just crazy about. So, like, past drafts, you know, you had Joe Burrow. If you drafted Joe Burrow, you know, that guy win- wins you games, you know. There's not one quarterback that I see that I think just hops in a system and just takes it to another level, you know. Unless, mm-hmm. I mean, some guys just could shock us, but from what I've seen. Bailey Zappi. <laughs> um, there is, I mean, obviously there's one player who I'm really high on, but even he, like, he's not going to jump in next year and take anyone. I mean, he may not even start next year, you know. I just yeah. like him for his uh, what he could be. But there's not one guy that is the clear 101. Every mock draft you see is completely different. In most drafts, you kind of know like kind of what top three is going to look like, and usually there will be a quarterback in there. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's weak, and everyone knows that. I mean, I don't think I'm making any <laughs> surprises. That's your neck on yeah. this one. Yeah, I think Malik Willis has upside, but obviously a huge amount of question marks. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, there are – just a lot of question marks overall, yep. and yep. guy, and particularly guys that I don't feel like have necessarily a ton of upside. Like Corral, kind of some upside. Pickett, I don't see much upside at all. Ritter, I see a little bit more upside, but a lot more question marks. Howell, you know, it's very questionable. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say I do like uh, Corral some. Um, I just I don't like him from in college. But if I'm just looking at him from, you know, a scout's perspective, I do. I mean, he's got some accuracy and he's got some zip on the ball. But I don't know how much he has where he can uh, improve. Kind of he thing. needs sure. to be in an RPO. Like, he is an RPO quarterback. That's what uh, some of the knock on him and just it's a Lane Kiffin quarterback knock in general is that it's very kind of schemed. Uh, he's, you know, very RPO uh, heavy, and that's kind of what he projects to be. At the NFL, so if you draft him, either he needs to be drafted into the right system, or you need to build your system well around him. So yeah, yeah, those are kind of my question marks with Matt Corral. Totally. Um, okay, let's move on real quick. We'll do the uh, how many first round grades do we have? And I, I think I'm a little high on this class um, overall. Maybe it's just my first year, like really putting grades to stuff, really evaluating. Um, I have. 58 potential starters. So that's not a first round grade, but potential starters, which I don't think that's too bad. Basically like the whole first and second round are guys I like that I mean, think could start. Yeah. You mean guys like you feel 
good about them starting. And obviously, there will be more starters right. that emerge from it. But guys that you about fifty eight guys you feel good and will and be starting immediately, right. like fifty eight right out of the gate starting. And then I have thirty one first round grades on guys. And even to go a level deeper, I have zero top five prospects. So I'm in this weird place where I have I have 11 top 10 prospects that basically means I see them between 6 and 10 like I'd be okay with any of these guys between 6 and 10 from a talent perspective but I have no one you know 1 through 5 and then I have a ton 6 through 10 and then a ton up until like the second round Mm -hmm. right where I think they fit in that area Um, so it's weird not a lot of top end talent but a lot of solid depth that Honestly, like, I don't see people too far apart from each other. Like, would I rather have, I think this is a fun exercise that we haven't done yet before, but would you rather have Stingley at 10 or Booth at 28? Just thinking, like, value versus player, you know, of, like, Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Booth at 28. It's just like a... I don't don't know. That's a tough one. Stingley has that upside. He has some question marks. And well, I'm trying to figure out what the consequences of taking because I mean I'd rather have the tenth pick. Right, like, right, yeah. It's not a perfect like. It's easier when you're doing first and second round. So one would maybe be: Would you rather have? I would um, rather have Roger McCreary in the second round than have Derek Stingley at ten. Yeah, exactly. See, that's the like that's the sort of depth that there is in this class. Like, would I rather have Devin Lloyd um, at twenty or Brian Asamo at sixty four? I'm probably okay with taking Brian Esmo at 64 and getting someone else in the first round. That that's just my opinion on this. Obviously, this class. the big caveat being you're getting <laughs> you're getting a big upgrade by being able to get someone else you like in the 64. Exactly, exactly. First round. Who is your closest to top five? Uh, closest to top five was Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton and then uh, Icky McQuanu were my top two, and then Traylon Burks was third after that. Burks. Burks. Um, okay, so that's. That's my quick summarize the class with the first round grades. Luke, what about you? Yeah, I I only have 22 first round grades uh, on the class this year, and that's not – I don't say that to knock this class. I mean, I expect in most classes it will be around 20 or something first round grades that uh, people would have on players. Obviously, that differs. Uh, you know, one team might have uh, 20 first round grades and another might have a t- 20 first round grades that are just com- – Completely different list, but yeah, I feel strong about the wide receivers there. I like uh, a lot of the ta- well, I have five wide receivers in that first round grade category. I have four tackles. Um, I have good amount of cornerbacks, some edge rushers, but yeah, so twenty two guys that I feel very good would be first round grades, pretty much no matter the gra- draft class they're in. Uh, guys, I don't have a quarterback. While I like Malik Willis, and if so quarterbacks going to rise. People are going to be taking quarterbacks in the first round. But if Malik Willis or any of these guys were in last year's class, they're not going like you know maybe one of them's taking late first round or something. But they're taking all after all that big group of quarterback. Yep. Uh, they were last year, and so yeah. When I'm making my grades, I'm thinking kind of transitive to other draft classes. So I have 22 that I feel really good as first round grades. And then I have about eight guys that I feel are. Uh, Really close, like right on the fringe of it. So, like Andrew Booth is a guy I like a lot, uh, but he has injury. He has injured question marks. Brees Hall, like him a lot as a talent, but the running back positional value, Ojabo, he 
talent-wise is there, but obviously has the injury question mark himself. Would he be first-round if if not for the injury? Yeah, yeah, yeah he'd yeah. be first-round if he never okay. tore his Achilles, but that's obviously a big thing lingering. Yep. Yep. Guy like Kair Elam at corner, who I really like in man-to-man coverage in particular, but has a lot of question marks in coming up in the run game. Uh, he's not a great zone corner, uh, not very physical. So, yeah, I have a good group of second-round guys. Another one, Tyler Smith. I have a, he's a fringe guy for me because I really like him at guard. I like him as a first round talent at tackle. He's more kind of mid second, more developmental guy in that he's a very dependent on landing spot. He was almost a, my guy, but I think he's very dependent on how teams use him. And while I like him better at guard, there's some tackle needy teams and tackle is a higher uh, positional value. And so teams may choose to, try to get him to work there so yeah a lot of so some of those question mark guys but i have about 20 22 guys that i really don't have question marks and too many question marks on nice that's awesome kate i know you don't do grades yet um you'll yep. do them next year yeah <laughs> um okay so we can move on um let's go into the my guys so purpose of this luke had a great idea let's stamp like these are guys that are going to do well in the nfl um, I went, guys, we want our names attached to as yeah. we watch them progress yes. throughout their professional career. So hold us to it. Flame us if they do bad. That, this, that is what this is for. Tie, listen up. If you want like future ammunition to tell us we suck at evaluating, this is your moment. And, the, um, the, and boy, did I go risky. That, I, <laughs> I was about to say, that's the exact thought that made me go from, I, I picked a couple second round guys uh, originally, maybe like late uh, some third round. And then I'm like, okay. If I'm really putting my stamp here, I'm going to play it a little bit safer and go for some guys I love at the top of the draft. I honestly think my first, like any of my first guys will go like back of the second. That would be the earliest any of these guys go. And then I could see it going as far as like to the fifth round um, where some of these guys are going to be taken. So um, I'll start. Let's do offense first. Um, We'll go through offense and we'll do maybe one at a time. I'm going to start with my... Uh, running back, I have Pierre Strong Jr. out of South Dakota State. He is currently my running back six. Yeah, that looks like six. Um, he's currently my running back six. Um, I really like Pierre Strong. This is one of those where I, I wouldn't even say that I'm just betting on the traits of him because he's he tested really, really well. He's in the 95th percentile in running backs. For the forty-yard dash, he ran a four-three-seven, but he's also like not a small guy. Like he's not, he's not tiny. He's 207. so like a pretty solid build for a running back. Um, and he's played like he has really good production. Again, that's production at South Dakota State. But when I watch his film, he's very patient in his running. So I'm I'm trying to find a guy that's has all the athletic tools, has the production but also show some things that I think will translate well, especially when you think you're going up two levels, right? You're going from D2, skipping D1, and going uh, you know, straight to the NFL. So I do think Pierre Strong has what it takes to maybe be one of those late-round guys that if he's in a good spot, I mean, this is really dependent on where he gets drafted, right? Like he might be a bench guy his whole career if he you know, gets drafted by someone who has a stud running back and doesn't get to play often. But if he goes to a running back by committee, I can see this being very Elijah Mitchell-esque where he's, he's really athletic, has really good vision. If you put him in front of a decent offensive line, I think he's going to do really, really well. Um, 
Anyway, that is my stamp of approval on Pierre Strong Jr. South Dakota State. You want to go with your first one, Luke? Sure, yeah. I don't have much to say about Pierre Strong Jr. (laughs) because you picked Pierre Strong Jr. Yeah, Um, maybe. I think he'll probably go fourth or fifth round, if, if I'm honest, but... It's so funny when you look up like like if you ever want to look up highlights, one of his says, hey, "Pierre Strong Jr., the running back you should be talking about." <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, and go here ahead. we are talking about. Here him. we go, baby. I'm going with Garrett Wilson, wide receiver at Ohio State. Obviously, I love my boy Traylon Burks. Uh, outside of, outside of him, though, Garrett Wilson is my wide receiver one. It's a riser for you as well. Yeah, yeah. I started the very early on, like immediately after the season. I was I had Olave ahead of uh, Garrett Wilson because I liked his route running a little bit more, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the one thing Garrett Wilson needs to polish up a little bit is his route run like he's a solid route runner, but it's not a uh, Justin Jefferson level route running or something. But I think he's the guy. Um, I almost get. Um, I think he can make like an Odell Beckham instant impact uh, kind of mark coming into the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, where obviously Odell held the record for <laughs> receiving yards before, you know, Justin Jefferson and uh, Jamar Chase showed up in the league. But I think Garrett Wilson is a guy I feel is very pro ready to make an impact day one. I've my dream draft scenario for the Chiefs and probably even you know, maybe even for the Packers, though I think they're going to end up staying put. But for the Chiefs, will be to trade up and get him. But he is crazy athletic. He's great in the contested and catch range. He can create a lot of separation. Uh, I love him on like slant routes. He's great at uh, beating the def- beating the corner right off the ball, catching it, and then being able to do something after the catch. Uh, so for me, he has that rare combination of very good route runner, great measurables. Like he's he's he ended up testing faster than faster than Olave, and I think when you saw it on the field, he played faster than Olave. Uh, and great in the contested catch game. My one concern with him um, is that he is currently the odds leader to be the first wide receiver off the board, kind of tied with Drake London there. But <laughs> potential landing spots for him could be the Falcons, the Jets, heaven forbid, Washington, uh, the Texans. I mean, well, General Mills is you know elite, so no question marks there. General but, Mills. But some of these early first question, early first landing spots have a lot of question marks for me on the on that instant impact side of things but i think he is just wildly talented uh has the highest ceiling of any wide receiver in this class and also i i mean i just feel like he's i, I feel like he's a can't miss guy too mm-hmm. so love it uh mine's not going to be a shocker i've been i've had my stamp on this guy <laughs> since october uh <laughs> malik willis quarterback out of liberty uh, I just think his, uh, he's got such raw athleticism, um, and then he's got a rocket for an arm. I mean, he can launch it you know, 70 yards down the field with ease. Um, uh, yeah, I love Malik Willis. Uh, only landing spot for him, Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> if he doesn't go there, you can wipe my stamp off. Um, not really. <laughs> but, no, I just think you know, if he's under the right coaching, if he's surrounded by the right players, uh, he can really excel. I think it all depends on his coach and how well he just develops because he's not ready to be a um, starter that's going to take you somewhere, you know, first year. At least I don't think so. Panthers would be a death sentence to me. Yeah, but if he went somewhere where he can sit (laughs) 
for a year. I mean, honestly, the Steelers sit behind Trubisky for a year, you know. Um, the mentor. in next year. <laughs> yeah, the mentor, <laughs> Trubisky. Uh, but just give him a year, you know, practicing with the NFL and everything. Um, but, yeah, I'm super high on him. Yeah, he's all upside. Yeah, I like a completely. lot of yeah. massive question marks, accuracy, decision-making. Mm-hmm. But all the tangibles are there, and I've heard that he interviewed well. Yeah. Uh, I think – Leadership in the quarterback position is something that really needs to be taken into account when evaluating, do I want this guy to be, do I want to put my franchise in this guy's hands? Because that's what happens when you take a first-round quarterback, especially an early first, which he could very well be. Um, So I like him a lot. He's my quarterback one solely, mainly because I'm not so confident in everyone else that I'm going to be drafting for upside with him. And he has like... 700, 800 rushing yard type potential in the run yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And so he just will need fantasy. to Fantasy. That's yeah. a good point. Fan- fantasy is obviously exciting with him. Yeah. But also has a safer floor in the sense like even – so Josh Allen's rookie year was hated a lot because mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, he wasn't very good. But, like, he wasn't a disaster in the sense that he could still kind of move some chains with his rushing ability. Yep. He had some sort of – floor there and then he was able to progress in the passing game as he got more weapons and then progress and take a huge leap forward and you see this kind of with some of the rushing quarterbacks like Russell Wilson his rookie year uh, wasn't wasn't great but he was able to uh, still stay afloat and not be no not not be trash for the team because he was able to um, extend things with his legs and then things came along and so mm-hmm. it's crazy how good he's gonna be this year too Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. But, yeah, it's just I think he'll be able to keep afloat with Malik Willis, and then it's just a question mark of does the passing consistently yep. see come along. And, and I will say with Liberty, uh, he had a terrible offensive line. I mean, he had no time to check his options or anything. Um, so, really, you don't know how much of that is Malik Willis and how much of that is Liberty because um, he did ball out at the Pro Bowl. Or, uh, I mean, um, senior the Senior Bowl. Bowl. Um so we'll see, but yeah, I still agree with the decision making. Obviously, it's not as good as other quarterbacks. Um, uh, yeah, we can move on. That's probably yep. been a while. Okay, um, so this is the one that I'm uh, the least confident in, <laughs> but I went for it. Um, wide receiver Danny Gray out of SMU. He's real far down my board. He's like fifteenth <laughs> or further, sixteenth, seventeenth. Danny Gray, SMU, former JUCO guy, went to SMU. Uh, even though he had a lot of options to go elsewhere, he's going to be your stereotypical speed guy, which is what makes me nervous. Like he's not like a, he, I'm at least glad he's like six foot. I mean, technically he's like five eleven and seven eights according to his, <laughs> like the combine and stuff. But he, he ran as well as you'd want him to. He ran a four, three, three, um, blazing speed really in his interviews. He interviews really, really well, really smart guy. So I'm hoping I'm not just banking my seal of approval on like a, you know, like those guys that are just speed and then they get to the NFL and they're not strong enough to do anything. Trash. He's still, he, he's past the 185 mark, which is like typically he's at 186, <laughs> which is typically <laughs> like your weight as a wide receiver of, you're not going to get like super bullied, you know, like two, two at well at like 160 or whatever he came in at. Um, was brutal. But for me, Danny Gray is a guy that I really liked watching. Like when I was able to pull up some film on, on him, a lot of fun. Um, 
watching that player. I think he'll be a really good three somewhere. Um, but again, he's not going to go into the fourth or fifth round and he's, it's very dependent on what situation he gets. So that is kind of a safeguard for me of taking these really deep guys. Is yeah, like, you're not. How would you even know he didn't get to play? <laughs> yeah, if you have to, a caveat, adding caveats of oh, it really depends on landing spot. You're always giving yourself the out of. I know, which is why I mean, partially why I went with Garrett Wilson on the sense of I do think there are landing mark question landing spot question marks, mm-hmm. but I think he's so talented that I feel good about that he'll be a success no matter where he goes. Yeah. So, but before you go to the next one, if anyone's concerned about my picks, uh, shove it. And secondly, <laughs> no, um, I, I, we're, I'm really excited about a future segment that we'll do probably after the draft where we're going to make some call-outs on players, star, starter, or bust, and mm-hmm. we're going to try to put our stamp on a bunch of different scenarios so that you have plenty of things to choose like from. Um, anyway, continue with your second offensive player. My second offensive player is Tyler uh, Tyler Linderbaum, center out of Iowa. And I don't think there are many people questioning his talent, his ability. He's, uh, like I've heard, apparently there are NFL teams that, um, or one of the NFL, like GM was going to say, he's like the best center talent that they've seen in the past 10 years. So it's more of a question. I'm putting my stamp of approval on him in the sense of I think he is worth the early pick, a top 20 pick, which is a rarity for a center. Yeah, um, We've only seen, like, in the last 10 years, we've seen three top 18 picks or something in the, or around that range, I think it was set, um, of uh, of centers, and it was Marquise Pouncey, who was fantastic. I mean, obviously, incredible career. Ryan Kelly, who's been incredible. And then uh, Garrett Bradbury, Who's he's kind of the question mark of that group. So two out of three sure. big hits there. And so my stamp of approval is really just saying I think he is worth that top 20, top 18 uh, high-value pick, even though the center isn't typically the position for that. We, you saw in the second round uh, the Chiefs took Creed Humphrey last year, and you saw the, what, what an impact he made yeah. uh, as a rookie. And so uh, Steelers – are the position I ha- I haven't mocked to currently. Eagles are an option as well, but I think he is just incredibly talented. So much that he said that he's a can't miss center for me. Uh, like Creed Humphrey came in and was one of the best centers in the league last year, and coming into college, Linderbaum looks way better than Creed Humphrey did. Obviously, you know some of that transition. Mm-hmm. You know, no guarantees transferring over from college, but Linderbaum. I'm a huge fan of, and if I'm one of these teams with offensive line needs, Steelers, Saints, Eagles, obviously uh, center is a more specific position. I'm willing to spend that early draft capital on him because I think he is that much of a difference maker. Yeah, I've said it before. I think he he could very easily be the best overall lineman in the class. And I think he very well could be. It's going to be interesting to see who takes him, though, just based on who needs center. Right. Um. That's why I think he's going to fall, right? And that's why I said positional value. Do but but also just who need like who right. needs a center? It's which I think the Ste- the Steelers do. Um, they brought in Mason Cole was their center uh, off season off season signing. They signed him to a three year deal, but it's structured in a way where there's an out after this year, so it could have been like a kind of a safer play for them. And it's funny he's coming over from Arizona and hearing seeing Arizona fans on Twitter. And like hearing hearing someone talk on podcast, 
Mason Cole is just a disaster. And they're just like, oh, I cannot believe he got signed or something. And so, uh, (laughs) (laughs) rip, yeah. I think Linderbaum to the Steelers makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I've got... Uh, but he's not going to go to the second round because, I mean, they're taking Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I'm shocked you don't have Traylon Burks here. I, well, I mean, it would be Burks, but I felt like... We, I we're all so... I like, feel like we all Burks, have our stamp on him. Yeah. Everyone so, but Ty. Yeah, Ty doesn't think... Ty. Ty thinks he'll be fine. Ty's like he'll be a starter, but... Question marks. Yeah, anyway. Hmm. Yeah, no, I would definitely have Burks. Um, but I got Jameson Williams. I love me a speedster. Um, <laughs> You've always said that. <laughs> you love you a speedster. Yeah. Gotta go fast. I've said that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I do. Uh, it all depends on, for Jameson Williams, you know, obviously with his recovery, um, as long as he's still a speedster, uh, which he will be, I hope. But, you know, and then also where he gets drafted, um, if he's got a true wide receiver one, I think he can do good, but I don't think he could play the role of like a true wide receiver one kind of thing. Um, Interesting, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a ninety to a hundred touch or a hundred catch uh, wide receiver. I really think he's like a sixty or seventy, you know, a few deep threats and stuff. But just a guy that can stretch the field. Um, his route running is still good and uh, everything else. But I think if they have a true number one and then they have to focus on him, and then Jameson Williams gets open deep or over the middle or whatever, because he's great after the catch too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where he could really um, excel. But I think a lot of people I've heard say that Jameson Williams, if the injury never happened, he's easily the number one wide receiver in this class. Yeah, could be. Uh, for a lot, um, for most people, which is a sentiment I probably, it's close for me between him and, and uh, Traylon and Garrett Wilson and them. But, I, you know, I'm fine with him. I'm fine with that. I heard that a lot. He is yeah, dynamic, obviously very fast, but good route runner. Mm. I think he can be an he can be a one, not in maybe not in that typical uh like possession receiver sense. Mm. Like his role, role would be different, but in terms of being the best wide receiver on a team, mm-hmm. absolutely he can be that. And will probably and will probably be that for a team like, I don't know. What some of the potential landing spots for him, like the Texans uh at 13, I think could very easily happen. He's been one of the biggest risers mm-hmm. for a while. In uh, he was like plus fifteen hundred or something to be the first wide receiver drafted, not um, like a couple weeks ago, and now he's up right up close to Drake London and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, he. Oh wow, he's past Drake London. Yeah, he's plus two hundred now to be the first wide receiver drafted. He's been a massive riser as wow. of late. Garrett and, Wilson's the only one ahead of him. I yeah, and Garrett Wilson right. is the only one ahead of him in the first wide receiver drafted rankings. Whew. That's crazy. Yeah, so he could be, I mean, he could be a top 10 guy. Mm-hmm. Anything else with him? I mean, he's, he, oh, you just took a bite. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, up next. Go ahead and give going, both your defenders here. Okay, we're going to defense. Uh, my two defenders are Brian Asamoah, linebacker out of Oklahoma, who's my third highest ranked linebacker so i'm really putting my stamp on him i want the broncos to get him at 64 and then josh pascal edge out of kentucky i won't spend a ton of time on brian asamoah the big highlights for him fast guy he's a little short he's like six foot but he has like the um i think it's like the fourth longest arms in all the linebacker groups so he's not small he's short but he still has like all the length that you need um, I just like him because he's a hard hitter. He used to play safety. Um, 
Like that's what he was recruited to Oklahoma for. And he was so physical and in the box all the time that they just made him a linebacker. So he's still a little raw on like blitzing or defending the run. Like sometimes he'll get chipped and he won't be able to pursue it as well. But he is amazing in zone coverage and in that. Uh, and you don't have a lot of coverage linebackers anymore. And Brian Asamoa um, is one that I think could do really, really well. And then the other one that I want to spend a little more time on, Josh Pascal, edge out of Kentucky. I mean, he's the edge class is really deep. So he's he doesn't come off my you know edge board until like the 15th edge or something. But I think people are low on him because he's this really big edge. And I would argue that he should be a defensive end. And I would be way higher on him as like a hand in the dirt defensive end because he is Trey Flowers. Like he so he stands up on the edge, he wears his number four, and he's massive. He's two sixty eight. Trey Flowers coming out was two sixty six. Um, and they're both six two. So they're both these massive people and we know Trey Flowers was hand in the dirt three-point stance and was really good with technique so that's the one knock on Josh is that because he's edge he it wouldn't be as used to doing that he either it's crazy he either lined up at edge or like nose tackle and then would just stunt the a gap like that were his two options so he still has to work on some of the technique that comes around um you know like landing your punches and landing your hands but People are lower on him because he's a slower edge guy, but I just don't think he should be an edge. Or if or if he is, he's setting the line for like running plays. Um, but I mean, still a great athlete. He would be like a faster, not as good technique Trey Flowers, uh, which I, I think there's still a lot you can do with that. Well, very nice. Uh, I'll go ahead and give my defensive guys two cornerbacks that I really like. I love Roger McCreary and Andrew Booth. Each of them has one, uh, you know, one question mark, and neither of those question marks I'm very concerned with. So Roger McCreary, uh, he's a guy out of Auburn. His one knock is that he has just really short arms. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that it's just it's very noticeable how short, like it's twenty yes. <laughs> inch arms or something like that. Uh, it's always been his talking point. I don't care that much about that. You look at his film; it's like his. He, I mean, his first round film. He pl- obviously played in the SEC. And locked up really good wide receivers. He's excellent in man coverage. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about having two short arms when his body of work kind of speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, e- excellent man to man going up against the best of the best. He did, I believe, he did great guarding Jamison Williams. Uh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, because I remember that game was really it was a real slugfest. Like it was mm-hmm. ugly uh, for for so much of that game. But, yeah, Roger McCreek did a great job on Jamison Williams. He went up against the top talent in the SEC. Was fantastic. First-round film, in my opinion. Some size question marks, but he's that's why he's going in the second, and I think he's a steal in the second round. What's so sad, his best-graded game um, was against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just locked down. He's really freaking good. That, that Auburn-Arkansas game was also an ugly one. Mm-hmm. Andrew Booth is my other one, cornerback out of Clemson. So I guess he kind of has two question marks, one being injury. He has a hit core muscle uh, injury last year and kind of still in some sort of recovery for that. So there, and it's one that could re-injure. So yeah. there are definitely some question marks, and he's been a faller as of late, mainly because of those injury concerns. But actual talent, I think he's really special. Excellent zone corner. Mm-hmm. So my other question mark would be landing spot in particular. 
where if he goes like he doesn't fit quite a man centric scheme like he I don't think he would be a good fit on the Bengals at all no but that being said because there are other good cornerbacks I've talked about this being a deep class I have complete faith in faith that he's going to go to a system that works better for him so I'm not too worried about that landing spot going to a zone system where he can come up and play the run as well he's great in the run fill which is why I love him on the bills he really seems like a Patriots cornerback like a really uh, a Bill Belichick type of guy, so I could see him going to the Patriots at 21 as well. But, yeah, a lot of these places that need a really physical uh, zone corner, I really, really like Andrew Booth. Mm-hmm. He only has 11 missed tackles in his whole career. Yeah, dude, he's he's great in the, yeah. in the run fill and that extended run game. He is phenomenal at stopping screens, mm-hmm. which is becoming more and more part of the NFL game. Yeah, love it. All right, my two defensive players got two boys from Georgia, Javon Walker and you really Jordan can't Davis. go wrong just picking anyone from Georgia. Well, I was about well, to say Javon I mean, Walker is a bold one to put your stamp on because it's like he's I mean, putting go. a stamp on. He's he's a top four pick. Like he could mm-hmm. very easily yeah, be. I so it's a heavy, it's a heavy weight of a stamp if you're going for a top yeah. end guy like that. And I just think Javon Walker listed at six five two seventy two, and then his forty yard dash he was listed at four five one. I think he's a freak athlete, really big. Um, a lot of room to develop too, just with that kind of athleticism. Uh, obviously, like you said, it's kind of a expectation thing. Like he's expected to go top four, so you know he's going to have to really do good for this to work out. But I think he's <laughs> capable of it. Um, I mean, the, the production question mark is the is the only thing because he wasn't very productive as a pass rusher, but his measurables. Yeah, I mean he he can get there. Crazy. He could definitely get there as a pass rusher. Um, and then Jordan Davis just eats up gaps. I don't know where we have him mocked at. I, I've put him 14 to the Ravens almost every single okay. mock. I have him to Houston a lot. That's a at common 13? one for me at 13. Because yeah. I normally have them taking a tackle at three and then and just then building through the defense. trenches. Yeah, yeah. and I think Jordan Davis is really good right now as a uh, just run stopper. And then, like you said a bunch on this podcast, uh, he's a lot of room to grow. He could become a pass rusher. You know, could become a third down guy as well. Um, but even right now, he's amazing at what he does yep yeah no i think he's so special mm-hmm. he's one of the more interesting to see where he goes because mm-hmm. because he has such a specific like particular build and skill set yep. nfl evaluations on him could vary so much so yeah. yeah he'll be an interesting landing spot very true very true okay i do want to move on to the next segment because i mm-hmm. want us to be able to spend a good amount of time here because i think it's gonna be fun yeah just like Talking uh, betting props. I'll let you a, host I betting, it. I have a betting drop I'll here. I'll do it. So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. That's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. Ooh, <laughs> that's right. We're getting into some Dude, betting. We have to do a bets segment every podcast now <laughs> that is the sickest drop i've ever heard welcome in addicts we're looking at some nfl draft betting prop something i'm very excited about i picked out uh walking through 10 lines <laughs> we're doing uh, 10 lines here not all of them need to spend a ton of time on uh but i picked some that i really like to bet on and some that i think are just particularly interesting so the first one to go through is the number one pick uh in the draft right now the odds so jaguars hold the number one pick 
Odds right now are Aiden Hutchinson is minus 200. Trayvon Walker is plus 190. Akeem Aquanu is uh, plus 1,300. And Evan Neal is plus 1,400. So heavy odds right now on those two edge rushers, which is it's so interesting to me that it's such a big gap because I know if I'm the Jags, there is zero doubt in my mind I am going offensive line. I personally am going Akeem Aquanu. Mm-hmm. Build around your asset of Trevor Lawrence. Give him every opportunity to succeed. Uh, and I think the top end talent at tackle is a lot higher than the depth. Well, the you know the depth at edge for me better. makes may yeah being better later in the draft, especially mm-hmm. you have the top end of the second. Uh, really makes me want to go tackle. And then the other thing is the Jags have spent first round picks. A lot, a lot recently on edge rusher, they Josh Allen uh, in recent draft, Caleb on Chase on, and it's oh, what that one's brutal. Yeah, the, I mean, it's they're not made. It just doesn't move the needle that much as a quarterback. Obviously, like, I think edge is very important, but I think you want to build around. You want to give Trevor Lawrence every opportunity to succeed. So it's interesting to me that there's such a big gap when I personally would definitely go tackle. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Trevon Walker bet, though. Yeah. It's also... Yeah, which one are you picking? So I'm picking Walker. I'm definitely not putting money on Hutchison. Minus 200. There's just... Yeah. Odds aren't there. I want to sprinkle money on the tackles, but I just feel so confident at this point that they're going Trayvon Walker. Yeah. It's also... They have the number one pick. So out of the out of that list, and including like a Kayvon Thibodeau, who's the most surprising throughout the draft process to be up there? It's like Trayvon Walker. Like Walker. he's yeah. the one that kind of just rose out of nowhere. Where it's like, oh yeah, there's a reason that the smoke is there because mm-hmm. they, as an uh, as an organization, uh, like him a lot. And they have the number one pick. They have no reason to be smoke screening. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I've and apparently of, they've had no interest in trades. Either. They, like nobody's called them, and right. so it's like they don't even have to like prop up someone to be like, oh, we're gonna take them <laughs> because no one cares. Yeah, yeah, unless you're just. You know, being a dick, there's no reason to smoke screen at number one. And so I think Trayvon Walker, there's been enough smoke. I've heard from enough guys uh, around the NFL that that they're here and he's the guy that he would probably be where I put some money if you want to sprinkle money on the tackles because I think that still makes sense for them. I'm fine with that too. Yeah. I think if I'm putting money on it, I'm going Walker, but I think it's going to be Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hutchinson, sorry. Um but two dollars. I have like tackles. a I have like a predictive mock and then like a fun mock, and my fun mock draft has Walker going one. Mm-hmm. Um, where I just think like it's more fun for more teams, and I think like Detroit gets Hutchinson, which is who they really want. And mm-hmm. there's I, I also know. been a lot of smoke recently of uh, Thibodeau at two to the Lions, yeah. which one like regardless of if Hutchinson's available, like there's been smoke about the Lions could go there mm. if and go with Thibodeau over. Hutchison, dude, I thought it, they didn't if, like him. Well, that, that it, was the smoke originally, and then yeah. it's kind of it started to flip well, as. Um, yeah, there was a report that came out that um, the head coach—I don't know why I just forgot his name—Dan Campbell. Thank you, Dan Campbell did not like Thibodeau. He's like he's not a football guy. I saw that, and it's like, whoa, I don't know. <laughs> that's a weird yeah. thing to say. <laughs> um, okay, I think we've covered that one. You want to move to tackles? Uh, yeah. So the tackles are kind of interesting to me because it has my personal favorite bet. So. So now we're moving to the section of looking at some player over-unders on where they end up. Akeem Aquanu 
His over under is set at four, um, four, four and a half. So fourth pick. If it's if he goes pick one through four, then the under hits. Anything after that, then the over hits. So yeah, four and a half is the line for Aquanu. Evan Neal is five and a half, and Charles Cross is seven and a half. Ooh, that yeah. one's crazy to me. The, the that Charles. What about it's crazy to you? Because um, that all hinges on. Do you think? In my opinion, that all hinges on. Do you think the Panthers are taking a quarterback? Or it not? feels so certain that he'd be the third tackle drafted. Uh, he could get picked ahead of Evan Neal. Like I could, could see. Apparently, um, the Giants love Charles Cross. Mm-hmm. You have to look. So, especially on these early picks, you have to look at the potential outs. So, let's just say worst case scenario on this for betting the under on where these tackles are going. The ja- let's say the Jags go Trayvon Walker, Lions go Hutchinson, and then Texans go Thibodeau. Like, That's brutal. For me, for me, when I look at the top seven picks, the guys that could go in that range for me are Walker, Hutchinson, Kohanu, Thibodeau, Neal, Cross, and Sauce Gardner. Like, there's a clear kind of top seven talent. Maybe Kyle T- Hamilton, but... Rumors he's kind of slipping. The positional value for safety isn't quite yeah. there. There's a top seven. It really would come down to is Sauce Gardner a leaper where he could go up to like four, uh, and that kind of shakes things up. And is there a quarterback that goes one, either the Panthers at six, or if someone trades up into the top seven? So that's my question mark. I feel so, so, so confident at this point in the draft process that if the Panthers stay at six, that – they are going to take tackle. I do not see a way that they take quarterback at six. Like I've, I've fully convinced myself it doesn't make sense to me in a organizational building way. Uh, there's so much question marks around, you know, who would they even go with that at, at quarterback? But their O line is so bad right now. They have Darnold under under contract anyways. There's smoke about Baker, which even Ty talked me into some. Uh, I feel a little bit more inclined on the Baker. Uh, to the Panthers train, but there's a lot of smoke there. You had uh, Bob, what? It's not Bob McAdoo. Who's their Who's their OC? Oh, the it's Panthers. Something like, yeah, something like that. But he he made kind of a seeming slip up about mentioning like Darnold being the starter or oh, something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not putting too much uh, prudence. Yeah, into Ben that. McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. That's what it was. Um, but when I look at the potential outs at tackle, Jag and Jags are potential. I think. Texans, Jets, and Giants all potential uh, tackle landing spots. So in the top in the top five, I think there are four that could really heavily consider it, which could take Akeem Kwanu and Evan Neal off the board. Uh, Charles Cross oh, under is my favorite bet because I'm so confident in the Panthers uh, taking the tackle if they go there at six. There's so many t- outs for teams taking tackles. Yeah, in that range. I, I don't know. I just feel very confident and not enough just the top end guys. Like like I said, seven guys that I think are in consideration for the top seven picks unless a quarterback jumps in there and then then it gets a little more murky. But even then, there's enough outs that I really like Charles Cross under it, 7.5. Yeah. The, uh, the under on that, you're getting plus money on it too. The under is plus 125 right now. So that's that's my favorite bet on the board. Yeah, I'm so out on all of these. I just, I, I feel so, blah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
all of them make me very nervous. Um, I would maybe take the over on Icky, uh, just because I think mm-hmm. Evan Neal could be the pick there. And I think the scenario that you laid out where it's three edges, and then I would go Gardner. I would go Sauce uh, if I'm the Jets at four with three edges off the board. Um, I think they believe in Mackay Becton. I don't think they'll take a tackle. So I Well, there's also a Mackay Becton contract situation. True, true. But I would and, yeah. be hesitant to go any of these. I like the Charles Cross over because I think they are going to go quarterback. Um, I think there's but no it's not shot a good, they go quarterback at six. I think it's not a good bet, though, at minus 155. Man, I really think it's... If they stay at six, I will be beyond shocked if they go quarterback at this point. Immediate fired. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the one and the other reason I like Charles Cross is I I like the seven and a half line. While in my mind, it's him at as locking him in as the number three tackle taken. Yeah. So Equanu is iffy because maybe Evan Neal goes earlier. Uh, Neal is picky because you know maybe even Charles Cross jumps him. But even or, if Charles. Even with Neil, they might take a, they might take an edge rusher at uh, five. The Giants might. Right, uh, the Giants have offensive line needs, so I would expect them to take. Yeah, I expect them to use their fifth pick at tackle and then save the seventh because just out of yeah, uh, yeah the yeah. what the Panthers need. Uh, if, you're more worried about there, them stealing a tackle, uh, but yeah, there are. Some question marks on the order there, but I like the seven and a half line for Charles Cross, regardless of if he is the third tackle going. Yeah. Okay, that one's good. Any, uh, Katie, any thoughts about the tackles? Not on tackles, no. Okay. Have you thought about uh, potential outs at quarterback? Like, what, do, you, do you have any opinions on the Panthers taking quarterback? I don't know if you've thought through because of your I've been thinking love for about Malik Mal- Willis. Yeah, that's what I was actually just doing. I've been thinking about him. <laughs> I've seen um, who the Steelers could trade up, like who they trade up before, you know, to get Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go back to Jermaine Johnson real quick, but I do want to hit on Malik Willis. Yeah. Um, so it's at under minus 115, over minus 115. Um, I would take the under on that one. His pay, his line is uh, at ten and a half of where he's going. So. Yeah, right. Sorry, um, ten and a half. I would take the under because there's multiple teams that could take him. Um, Panthers uh, could, um, Falcons could, Seahawks definitely could, um, and then even if none of those teams take him, I think Steelers trade up in the top ten to get him. I personally think Steelers will trade up right above the Seahawks, maybe with the Falcons, um, if Falcons. You know, if they get enough. Because um, I think Seahawks could be looking at Malik Willis. I know they just signed, what, Geno Smith? or Yeah, they re-signed Geno Smith yeah, but, as a backup. Yeah, but He's I mean, back, baby. they still need someone. And, you know, I think they would like Malik Willis. So I see Steelers trading up. If they're going to trade up, um, it'd be before the 11th pick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, noting just the quarterbacks I'd listed on there for draft lines is Malik Willis is at uh, 10.5. So is he going to be a top 10 pick or not? And then Kenny Pickett is at 12.5, which is really high for me. Um, but, yeah, Malik Willis, I think, yeah, Steelers trading up. There are a couple teams in the top 10 that Could have quarterback them. needs. Mm-hmm. But also, I've said before, if a team is going to give up extra draft capital to trade up and get a guy, it would be Malik Willis. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think you give up extra draft capital to trade up and get Pickett. Pickett. No. Like, you, if you're giving it up, it's because you believe – I feel like you have to believe in the upside of a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Malik Willis is the, guy. is the only guy with that kind of upside worth sacrificing a lot for, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'd take the under. Yeah, I don't... I don't. Uh, 
It's that, such a yeah, tough one for me. Yeah, that one's even still tough, though. Quarterback line, I include them on here more because it's kind of like the interesting where they're yeah. projected to go rather than I feel super strongly. If I were to bet Malik Willis, I would bet the under. I would definitely be betting the Kenny Pickett over at 12 and a half. Oh, I thought you were saying you'd Yeah, because the, you don't think the Panthers are. Because I yeah. don't think the Panthers are doing it. Yeah, I thought you were saying you'd take the under on that. I would definitely take the over too. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on Pickett. I, mean, he's I just, would take he's the He's a second-round quarterback. To me. I know. He's... He's just Sam Darnold. <laughs> like, that's all he is. So, yeah, I don't know about that one. Um, okay, another line to talk through. Jermaine Johnson. Uh, this is also my favorite. Edge rusher out of uh, Florida State. His line is at nine and a half. Uh, currently. I say that I have him going seventh in my mock. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> currently hit the under for him. So, yeah, over unders at nine and a half. Under is minus one thirty. Over is plus money. So plus, or well, it's even. It's plus one hundred. Um, I it's one of my second favorite bet. Probably is the Jermaine Johnson over. He, the question mark there being, uh, edge is such a high value position mm-hmm. that he may jump up above that nine and a half. But outside of that, like he doesn't have, he definitely doesn't have top ten phone to me. He he has a lot of measurables. Um, the production was kind of questionable, if, I, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, he just looks slow off the edge, like rounding the corner. Yeah, uh, just doesn't. He runs really high. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't look to have a lot of bend. Yeah, and so I just, I don't see as many outs for Jermaine Johnson in oh. the top eight or top nine. Boy, did he tear up the Senior Bowl though. Did he? Yeah, he that he, he's the guy oh, that yeah, only he's the one he jumped. He, he practiced two of the senior bowl practices and then did not <laughs> did not play in the third practice or the game because his agent was like, "Hey, you just you just made yourself some money. Don't do anything else." And like he's super athletic. Like his ten yard split wouldn't suggest how slow he does look off the line. Like when he's rushing the passer, he looks like methodical and really patient when he's doing it. But his tenure splits in the 97th percentile for edge rushers. So, I mean, he has it athletically. It's just we haven't seen it happen. But as far as draft position goes and just being predictive, I like the over as well. I just look at uh, when I look at kind of my big board. So there's when I look at guys, I feel very confident that would go ahead of them. Walker, Hutchinson, Aquanu, Thibodeau, Neal, Cross, Gardner. That's seven that I feel very comfortable, like, should definitely be ahead of Jermaine Johnson. And so then you just see two more, and that's, uh, I think, Derek Stingley is, uh, Kyle Hamilton's definitely a higher-rated talent. The positional need of safety is kind of question mark. Mm -hmm. Derek Stingley is probably above him in in talent-wise, and the positional value is there for cornerback. He does have some question marks. You have to think someone's going to take a a quarterback. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but I think it's very likely that a quarterback goes in the in the top nine. Then there's even the wide receiver needs. There are a lot of top end wide receivers. You can see people trading up into the top ten to get a wide receiver. So if a nine and a half, and I have seven guys that I feel very confident on, and then about five or six guys that I think, yeah, probably it's too it's too much too high a line for me on Jermaine Johnson. Yep, I so, agree. All right. Let's see. Uh, okay, three uh, three more lines. Uh, one just to talk about 
I don't. I def. I have no interest in betting this one. I do not feel strongly on it. But just worth noting, you know, a lot of Arkansas fans. Traylon Burks, his line is at twenty three and a half right now, which is the. Um, I have <laughs> I have a mock twenty fifth to the Bills right now. So gimme gimme. Oh, but that's such a tough line. That's tough. It's a very tough line. Dude, and Vegas I knows. Bet. Vegas knows what they're doing. Yeah, and uh, he's currently. His line is the fifth uh, wide receiver off the board. So, yeah, because uh, there's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Wilson, for some reason, I thought Jahan Dotson... Oh, yeah, no. Wilson, yeah, no. Um, London, and Williams are all pretty dang high. Olave, I believe, is at like 17 and a half. Okay. I can check that. Yeah, I would go over on that, I think. I would go over Olave. I do, too. I'm still going over Burks, but just because I think it's... The Cowboys, I don't know who would, for Burks. Maybe the Packers, that, that big-bodied wide receiver at 22. 22. Even the Steelers is like a juju replacement. I've heard some people say they like him there. Patriots could be in the I market for uh, a receiver. Cardinals could be in the market for a receiver. Eagles could at 18. Saints could at, well, Eagles have 15 and 18. Saints have 16 and 19. There are a lot of outs, and then there's also teams like uh, the Chiefs that could trade up for a receiver. Um, so, I don't know. I'm not confident enough in the line to really say clean there. I think I probably would. I don't even I don't even have a confidence to say a probably on that. But, yeah, just worth noting for Arkansas fans. Oof. Jalen Barks, 23 and a half. Two more lines here. Total first round wide receivers is at six and a half. That's crazy. It bumped up. It was at five and a half uh, for a while. Right now, the under on six and a half is at minus one twenty five. The over is at minus one hundred five. So you know, close to even money there. I love, I love the under on this. I was, I was questionable on the five and a half line. I because I have a clear five wide receiver first round grades. But then you think, oh, there's probably going to be one like a Christian Watson wow. or Jahan Dotson that moves back in it. But six and a half is six. I'm figuring two guys outside of that bump up. I don't know. I just don't. I'm trying to check who they put in because you would think the player props would match that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Watson is minus money, so he's like, did I would bet? Oh, I don't know. Wait, what's Christian Watson's line? Minus 105 to be a first to be round a first player. Round pick. Okay. But then they don't have another one. So they're just assuming one of them will, but they don't know which I'm one. I'm saying Sky Moore, his uh, draft position. He's plus 130. I know his over-unders at uh, 34 and a half. Yeah. He's what plus 130 is, for the first round. And then... What's Dodson's line? Dodson? His, okay, his, his over-under is at 31 and a half. So he, he's, he's minus as well. Okay, that was the other guy that I couldn't find. So I will say, like, it does make sense. Like, if the Chiefs stay put, I feel like they're almost guaranteed to take a wide receiver at 29 or 30. And by that point, the top five receivers will all be gone. And so that if they stay put, that almost locks in a receiver to me there if it's Christian Watson or a Jahan Dotson. And then maybe the Lions go receiver at 32. Um, I think you have to because of how many people are locked to like needing a wide receiver. I don't know. I I think I go under. 
Six and a half is a lot. I go, I go under. I think five. I think there are the five guaranteed, and then I think one other gets jumps in there. Yeah, I would. Agree. It's hard for me to say two other jump in there. Yeah, that's tough. Jahan Dotson being a first round wide receiver <laughs> made me throw up. I just don't. Think I he's. like Dotson. Yeah, I think I'm being dramatic about he's it. My because number six wide receiver. I just don't think he's a first round talent. Yeah, but anyway, that one's crazy. Yeah. So. That's one other bet that I included there because I like it. I like the under on it. Um, it is minus 125, so I'm not super in love with that as much as like getting plus money on the Charles Cross over and getting even money on the Jermaine Johnson over. But I do like the under on total first round wide receivers. And then the last bet that I, I mean, I like it. Uh, first special teams player <laughs> selected, Matt uh, Ariza punter out of san diego state people have talked about him going in the fourth i know and like i don't know what's the line is it crazy it's minus 125 Mm. yeah that's not i don't see how another special teams player is drafted ahead of him which is why like i man i think it takes one team to be crazy enough like i've seen him going as high as the fourth for a punter i think it's more like i think could very easily be the uh be the fifth and be a fifth round. I don't see him slipping past the sixth. And then what the other guys that could be up there, Jordan Stout, he's a punter. Cade York, he's he's a good kicker. Yeah, there's just not enough. I don't know. There's a guy from Colorado State. What's his name? He's not even on the thing I just checked. Stonehouse, I think. I don't Uh, know. Yeah, Colorado State. Ryan Stonehouse, he's got just these long locks. He's my punter one. <laughs> really? Dude, he's so good. <laughs> Dude, I'm at, I'm at a rise at punts bombs. Yeah, he's really good. If the Bills were to take him in the fourth, I'm all about it. Like, that would be awesome. Yeah. Also, because we need, you know, we need an improvement at punter. But he's crazy. So, I, when I saw that, I was just like, okay, minus 125 is not a lot of money or like that's not bad odds for someone I feel very, very, very confident in. Yep. I've okay. Got, can we do a, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say one more. I've got a kind of fun one. Uh, total number of sec players drafted in round one, Ooh. um, over 10 and a half is minus minus one thirty. under 10 and a half is minus minus one ten. I mean, I'm hammering the over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, I can't, I say that I, I'm not even thinking of the <laughs> players off the top of my head, but George is going to have like four or five taken in the first okay, let's, round. Yeah, let's go through uh, on my mock draft. How many SEC do I have? So, uh, and Walker. Wa- and so Walker, Neil, Cross, um, Stingley. Mm. There we go. Uh, Jordan Davis, uh, Jameson mm. Williams. Let's see. Um, Devontae Wyatt, Traylon Burks, Nicobe Dean, and Kyrie Elam. So I have so maybe not. That's I 10. have ten, and the line is ten and a half. Yeah, hmm. a tough one. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, and then I look at my one kind of fringe guy that I think uh, two guys that I think could make it in: Lewisine and uh, uh, Kenyon Green. I'd go over. I'm pretty high on Scene making it in, and I think Kenyon could make it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm over. Yeah, it's close. The lines on on these um, on the conferences here. So SEC is ten and a half. Uh, Big Ten is six and a half, and then ACC and Pac-12 are both four and a half. Does Big Twelve not have one? Uh, not listed on DraftKings. Do they not have any? I don't have one either. Mm. 
Do the Big 12 have any first round players? I don't think so. Um, Iowa State, uh, Brees Hall could be a potential first round player. That's crazy. Dude, Big 12 down bad. <laughs> That's insane. Okay, I have another fun game. Um, I, I found the players that are the fringe top first round, and we'll. Like we'll just go through ten of them and we'll rapid fire. Do you think they're first round or second round players? Okay. So it's all plus money for first round, but they're right on the edge. Um, which is, Arnold Ebiketti is minus nice money thing. for first round. Yeah, and I, I think like him, him a lot. I like him too, but I just think like mid second round for me. Anyway, but we're only going to do I'm, the plus. I'm early second for him. Okay, and this is in order from like closest to that line. So George Pickens. Oh, second. Oh, I think he's second easy. Wait, what are we doing? Guessing first or second? First or second round for all the guys that have betting odds right at that line. Oh, okay. So, George Pickens. Yeah, I'm second, easy second. Um, he would be, I think he's my ninth wide receiver. Yeah. Like, I have him behind Watson, Moore. Sky Moore, Jahan Dodson. Yep. Yeah. Um, Lewisine. He's first for me. Second. He's so close to me. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go second. Logan Hall, second for me. Second. Oh, sorry, Tyler Smith, second. And I like him a lot. Um, it's a tough one. That one's a tough one. I would also say second, yeah. but I could see someone taking a flyer. Yeah, I just I don't see. I don't know if he quite fits the team needs at the late in the back of the first. Um, Lions maybe like if they want to take him as tackle. Or, you know, I guess they, they have the versatility on their offensive line. They could t- take him for that guard or tackle spot. So maybe Lions, but I'm going, you know, maybe Titans, maybe Bucks, but I'm going, uh, I'm going second. Yeah, me too. I'll go second. Kyler Gordon. It's an interesting one. Yeah, because I have a mocked in the first, uh, but yeah. I'm going second on him. Yeah, I would say second, but I could see first. Mm-hmm. I have him going to the Chiefs at the 29 pick. Okay, I'm going to... And these are plus odds to them go, for them to go where? In the first round. First round. Okay. So uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit more. I'm not going to go in order for the ones I think that are obvious. Brees Hall, Brees Hall 150. Plus 150. Man, I think... No running back in the first round would be kind of crazy. I think first? I think he makes it. I think he makes it in. I'm going to say first. I don't know I don't who. think they're... Yeah, they're not the outs in the late first that... If that Miami was still there... Other than Buffalo... I think yeah, Buffalo it's, it's could do stupid. it. Does Buffalo take him? And I don't think. <laughs> what if the Titans took him in as their Derrick Henry? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, because when they took Derrick Henry, they had him like, um, you know, they had him wait. Yeah, they had to wait it out while uh, Demarco Murray ran out. So I don't. That's not likely. I'm going, but a bill uh, bills are bust there. Yeah, unless someone moved back into the first, and so I'm going. Or if the Chiefs trade up, let's say the Chiefs trade up to 13 with the Texans. And the Texans could take him with like the twenty nine yeah, or thirty. They could. So that's an option. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first though. I'll, I'll take it. I like first. Um, okay, I just found my favorite bet: Kyer Elam plus one fifty. First, oh, I think he's a first round easy. I think he's first round lock. I don't see the. the I don't see a way the Bengals would pass on him. Yeah, me either. With with the scheme that they run, he was my per, he was my uh, dream draft fit for them. If I mean Tyler Linderbaum would be their absolute dream, but I think he's gone by then. Kyrie Elam seems to fit so perfectly I for the Bengals. I keep sending him to the Patriots, too. I know he doesn't fit perfectly, but no, it's one of those I mocked it tackle. once, and then I was like, 
That's it. That's a perfect thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, okay. Looking at the rest of these, David Ajabo is kind of interesting at plus 175. If I'm someone were to take a flyer. Yeah, it's just like, do you want him for a playoff run later? You know, that's kind of... Playoff you know. run later or... And he's developmental. I is, so I, what I really like about him, I think he's great in the early second to these bad teams uh, that could, you know, that aren't in this win-now mode and could wait on him. Like the Lions at 32 would be a dream fit for me. Except that I think it, you know they're more than likely taking an edge yeah. rusher at two anyways. Yeah. But I just checked. So I'll go first. But four quarterbacks with minus money to be in the first round. Really, everyone except Sam Howell. Really? Okay. Yeah. So that's Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Willis, and Pickett. Yeah, I don't want to touch any of those. No, me like, either. Quarterback is yep. two. Total number of quarterbacks in round one uh, over three and a half is plus one eighty five. Under is minus two eighty. I go under. Yeah, I think it's three. But, but the odds suck. I go under. Yeah, that'd be top four. In the, eh, I'm, I'm out yeah. on that. All right, I think that's the extent okay. of things that I think are kind of wonky. Yeah. I talked Yeah, I talked about getting some sort of betting competition going with the with the draft. I don't know. It'd be I fun. I think you're a format or something. Like, I, I was to. thinking, I might, There, there's not, uh, I, I did my research, there's not an online good online option in Arkansas right now. It's been, like, legalized, but it's going to take time. To, yeah. So there's not, like, a DraftKings or something. So hopefully that'll come. I was thinking about throwing, like, $100 on different draft props for myself. That would be and fun. Doing fun. But I just don't think there's a – I don't want to do anything with a bookie, so I'm not just yeah. not going to touch it, I guess. Yeah, I wonder when all that's going to get what, what do built you out better. I don't use anything anymore. I've been betting a long time. Good. Way Smart to cover. man. <laughs> Maybe that will come back. Man. Um, okay. I think that's it. That's it. Did we that do a long a, one? Was this a long this one? This was a little long one. I think it was about an hour, uh, close to an hour 40. Hey, if you listened, we appreciate you. Welcome to the best week in the entire year. Wow. Outside of like Christmas. Old maybe. claim there. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Um, as always, I can't wait to talk about everything that happens after the draft. Mm-hmm. Peace.